0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858.
1: Gearing up for Dometic. Dometic Patrol, an icebox with a sense of adventure. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Mobile living made easy. Dometic. It's time for Gearing Up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Our special guest this morning, Aaron Met, like uh, all love stories do, you and I, Redmond, Aaron Met at (laughs) the boat ramp. Uh, Mitch Johnson, an electrician by trade from Esperance down south in Western Australia, Thanks for joining Real Adventures, mate.
2: Oh, thanks, mate. Cheers for
1: having me. Now, talk us through the the plan of, of no plan, pack up the <laughs> troop carrier, and it's time to head around Australia.
2: Yeah, mate. So, uh, well, really, I just sort of got to a point in my life, I didn't really know what I was going to do anymore, so I just sort of thought, I'll hit the beach to start with, and um just decided to sort of head east from Esperance. Um, yeah, just sort of chasing Muller away to start with, and then sort of kept making my way along. Finally hit the border after about a month. Um, got back off the beach, and then, yeah, just sort of been targeting a different fish as I go along. Now, you've been documenting your
1: trip, gone fishing on YouTube. Tell us about gone fishing because you obviously know your way around a rod because the captures that you've had, some of the biggest kingfish you could imagine, Samson fish, you caught a massive southern bluefin tuna last week, you name it, you're catching it at the moment.
2: Yeah, it's been pretty unreal, mate. I um, Yeah, I didn't really expect it, but I think I'm pretty dedicated to it, so <laughs> I just stick at it until it happens, really. Um, yeah, so I suppose the goal to start with was a, a big um, dewy or mulloway, Take us through beach. that. Take
0: us through that story because I've heard the story, but take us through how long you were on the beach for and what you did because this is fascinating.
2: Uh, so well, I left on like twenty second of Feb, and I think I, yeah, pretty much from Esperance hit the beach, um, and then just followed the beach the whole way along for about almost a month. <laughs> yeah, it took me to get. Off the beach, um, I was, yeah, it was pretty extreme. Like, went through some pretty bad storms. Got the bottom end of a cyclone at one stage, and then, yeah, pretty much just followed, just followed the weather along, and wherever I could fish, I did. Like, I just used my maps on my um, Hema maps, and yeah, just spent the whole time off road. Didn't see anyone. Didn't didn't come across too many people, and then yeah, just kept fishing.
1: Now. You haven't taken a boat with you on the trip, (laughs) but I trawl through your socials and your YouTube channel and there's plenty of shots in boats. How's that happened?
2: Oh, I think just socials, mate. Just the same way I sort of met you, just talking to people at at different areas along the way and I think people just, uh, yeah, real friendly about it and I've sort of been lucky enough to be able to get on some real – adventures offshore um I think yeah people like targeting fish like me sort of we we all seem to like get along really well so I've sort of been lucky enough that yeah I got to go out and chase kingfish for a bit there um yeah so that was pretty extreme um and then same with the tuna I sort of just someone hit me up and said they were going to chase them and I just went well do you need someone to come on board so I just jumped in and did a trip down south ended up he had to go home, so he left me with the boat. So I spent a few weeks. Yeah, I sort of fixed his boat up for him, did a bit of electrical work on there so that I was safe. And then, yeah, just spent a few weeks chasing tuna until I finally got one.
0: Now, a bit of planning, he needs to be involved in these trips. Uh, probably, or does it, or, or, I was going to say, probably not, <laughs> actually. You, I did get to see the weapon, the troopy that you had at the boat ramp. Now, you've kitted that out yourself because you're a handyman. Take us through the car and what's involved in that because you need to be able to do some cool stuff in it.
2: Yeah, well, I think because I wanted to go so remote and I think I like the idea of just being off grid a lot more than just the normal sort of stuff. I sort of set it all up so it could all be self-sufficient. So I've got um, two sort of fridges in there. I've got the Red Arc system with a backup battery, sort of 200 amp battery, um, inverter. So pretty much I can charge all my cameras, run all the fridges, solar panel on top to charge it. Um, and then same, like this week had an issue with my front battery, but I've got stuff to charge the battery, you know what I mean? Because you've got to have everything you need. Same with the winch on the front. Just pretty much anything I could do. So if I got extremely bogged somewhere, I was hoping that I'd still be able to get out. So, is the
1: reason, is half the reason behind the troop carrier as a choice of vehicle, given um, we obviously know the history of troop carrier, but compared to a lot of vehicles currently, there are sort of less technological advancements around electronics, meaning. Simply, there's there's less that can go wrong with the car in the middle of nowhere. And if you need to roundabout fix it
2: yourself, you know, you He's can push. electrician. You can do can, anything. It's you can, a lot, yeah. You can push mechanics. No, well, I think growing up in a small town, you're pretty lucky where you sort of learn a bit off off other mates. You have mates that are mechanics or mates that are sparkies or, or fitters or whatever it is. And you just sort of, everyone seems to help everyone out. So I'd learn a lot off. I suppose, older mates and guys along the way. So the the thing with the Troopy, was the same. It was sort of a true carrier or a 79 series for me. Um, just because of the practicality, like you said, you can, it's just a few hoses, a few things like that They can pop off. There's not as much electronics and all the stuff like I have in all the newer cars these days. I think as soon as they put the V8 inside the Troopy, I was a lot more keen on it. So it's sort of just having enough power to get you through everything and then being the troopie and being by myself, at least you got somewhere he can get out of the rain and get out of the weather sometimes and just be inside the car.
0: Yep. Now, number plates. He's got number plates, Patrick. I know we've all got number plates, but he's got pretty cool <laughs> ones. Take us through the number
2: plate story. Yeah. So the number plates. Yeah, uh, so it's actually, it was my dad's number plate growing up. The whole gone fishing thing, um, I suppose, when I started putting stuff online, I I didn't really have a name or anything like that to go with it. And I'm probably my dad's biggest fan. He's a fisherman himself. So he always had the gone fishing plates. And as a kid, I actually had a little fishing trolley that me and my granddad made that uh, was like gone fishing too. So... (laughs) When I sort of got into the socials, I gave it the Gone Fishing name and then sort of before I went to take off, the old man sort of come in with a bit of paperwork one day and said he wanted to sign the name over to me car. And So, yeah, I didn't really do like an advertising thing. It was just – it's more of a a hand-me-down, I suppose. Like, yeah, so got the old man to thank for that
1: one. Now, you've nailed a Southern Bluefin tuna last week what's next on the menu for your adventure because it's starting to get a little cold in Vico at the moment (laughs) is it heading north what's what's next on the uh, agenda
2: Uh, well I'm sort of thinking Murray Cod I think Murray Cod's a good one to tick off the list Uh, even a trout something like that like just change it up a bit go a bit inland see a bit of uh, different countryside and maybe go on a few different adventures but yeah I'm thinking Murray Cod and then Probably, I'm not too sure yet, maybe go overseas or, or head further up north and go chase some marlin, something like that. The is um, that good,
0: he doesn't actually, he just drives to Fiji.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, the Fiji thing could be a bit of fun. Um, but yeah, this, it's sort of just, everything just keeps rolling one after the other at the moment. So I think I had the old, um, well, when I first left, it was um, a 50-pound mull away was sort of the goal. And then once I ticked that off the list, I was I'd caught big kingfish back home, but I'd never got one over sort of the 50 pound mark, which 50 pounds around the 24 kilo, something like that. Um, so then I was able to tick the 50 pound kingy off. Um, and for those and playing at home, was,
1: that's like hooking a freight train, traveling <laughs> a underwater. <freight> train.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, I actually destroyed a, one, a diver that I was using one day because I just. I locked the drag up so hard that it it pulled the whole insides of the lure out of the lure. <laughs> there's um, a great
1: there's a great photo of this on uh, on Mitch's socials. Gone underscore fishing fishing with an N. Uh, it's actually amazing looking at that photo because, like I said, it's literally ripped it out of the lure. That's the power of these
2: fish. Oh, they're ridiculous, mate. Yeah, I'd say pound for pound, they're that has to be one of the top by far. Like I've caught big GTs and I've caught dog doggies and stuff, but um, kingies are just real smart with the way they do it. They'll they'll turn around, they'll aim straight for for the reef or for a rock, and then even when they're near the boat, you'll think that you've caught them. They'll start swimming out the boat, and then everyone will be like, "Yep, yeah, we've got it," and then it'll turn around and just disappear on you quite quickly. So they're they're pretty hard to catch, like, and they're definitely. Um, very fussy like even to get them to bite and I think that's that's half the challenge with it once you actually hook one that yeah the, you haven't necessarily caught it yet it's it's just starting so
0: now what I find fascinating as well there's two more stories part before you let him go I hope we got time for this I'm making it happen I want to talk yeah. in a minute about the swordfish that you caught because you're out for about 44 days chasing his swordfish <laughs> which we're going to talk about just quickly. But, yeah. but I need to uh you're living off what you catch too food wise
2: yeah yeah mate. yeah I think um just because I want to prolong the trip as long as I can and just keep it going. I've sort of, uh, yeah, whatever I've eaten, I've been catching. Even when I was on the beach, obviously for a month, you can't really have um, a lot of veggies and things like that. So there was, I think the main sort of veggies I took that survive is like raw beetroot, red cabbage, sort of uh, sweet potato, and then fish, whatever I could catch, I'd eat. So a lot of gummy sharks, a lot of bronzies, a mulloway here and there, Um, and then same, kingfish. And now, obviously, tuna for the rest of my trip. Probably, but, yeah, there's a lot of tuna.
1: Jeez, I'd be in strife, Redmond.
2: I'd, there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of
1: parrotfish in my sort of diet.
2: <laughs> and Australian salmon,
1: Australian salmon, yeah. and parrotfish.
0: Oh God, I'd
1: be. Oh, I'd I'd be pretty dead.
2: lucky. Even a few trips, I've just got the snorkel and goggles out. I um, the razorfish up towards the peninsula side. They were insane. They were sort of everywhere. So I ate a lot of razorfish, mussels, cockles, um, even got onto a few oysters at one stage, just helping the few oyster boys out, um, <laughs> doing some water sampling. And, yeah, it's been pretty surreal how it all keeps flowing on.
1: Is there is there one spot between Victoria at the moment and home in Western Australia that isn't super well-known but you got to and thought, this is heaven on earth from a fishing perspective but also just the the location itself?
2: Oh, I'd say, um, well, fishing Yalata, um, which is sort of a bit more well-known, but I think I got pretty lucky where um, it's normally really crowded from what i sort of read up, but uh, I went there, I fished there for seven days and I didn't see anyone. There wasn't even a car track. So it was pretty surreal where you're off standing on top of cliffs looking over the water, uh, pretty hard like spots to get to, very soft beaches and just super remote. You just know that, yeah, if you're, Get bogged, you probably got a good eight, nine hours of walking to get back to the highway. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, and then, forever long until you actually find, I don't know, a servo or someone driving past that might be able to help you. But yeah, that anywhere along that first bit of, um, yeah, SA was pretty, pretty surreal.
0: Safe to say, I'd be dead. <laughs> 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 um,
2: um, let's last story. We
0: have a bit over time, but it's well worth it. Swordfish out of Esperance. Take us through that because I know you put a note on your car or something. I've got to be If be I'm not backed by here, blah, blah, blah. Take us through it.
2: Oh, yeah. So me and a good mate of mine, Jethro, he's an absolute animal when it comes to fishing. He, he makes anything I do look silly, to be honest. So we um, sort of had a plan that we wanted to catch one off the south coast a few years back. And um, we took my 5.9-meter poly out to the shelf and sort of drifted around for – Oh, it was a three-day sort of thing. We start got out the first night, drifted the night the next day. Um, and then, yeah, we were lucky enough to end up hooking up. Had a sort of four-hour fight with whales, bloody everything, jumping around. But the spot we went to is actually more um, Bremer, which, uh, yeah, they get a lot of killer whales there. So we sort of waited until we heard the killer whales had left. And then we just decided to see what would happen. So, yeah, we were lucky enough to get a monster sortie. And you left a note
1: on your dash before you left in case uh, yeah. you got stuck out there for a few extra days for people to yeah, so come in search. The-
2: yeah, so I left a note on my car saying we'd be back by Wednesday, <laughs> two o'clock or something. Um, and where we were, there's not many people in WA. Like it's very spread out compared to the East Coast. So nice. we, there wasn't very many people in this town, but I didn't want to scare anyone from the caravan park or something. So, but then we ended up hooking up at about two o'clock. <laughs> and on our way, sort of when we were planning to come in, we thought, oh, we can be an hour or two late. It won't be a problem. Um, so I was able to send messages to my old man back in Esperance and he was able to ring the caravan park, then go change the number on our, uh, change the note that I had on my car. so that, Cause we didn't get back in till about, I don't know, nine ten o'clock at night. And then um same thing, we ended up one of the Pilchard boys there, we ended up rocking up to theirs the next day and, and going, oh, can you weigh this fish for us? Cause there's no weigh stations or anything like that. And even all the locals were pretty shocked that we just pulled this thing out of their ocean, like, and they'd been fishing there for 30 years sort of thing. And how uh, big were we talking, Mitch? Uh, 175 <laughs> like, kilos. <Yeah>. Bad. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit big for the little polly. It didn't quite fit, but uh, yeah, somehow we managed it. It was uh, Yeah, that was probably fish of a lifetime, I think, by far. There's been a few, but that one's got to be right up there. Mitch, we've loved chatting
1: to you this morning on Real Adventures and following uh, your story on social. If you want to follow Mitch on Instagram or his YouTube channel, make sure you head to Gorn underscore Fishing. Mitch Johnson is his name. And it is just the tiles on fishing shots. It is something out of National Geographic. It's quite extraordinary. <laughs> Mitch, thanks again for joining us. No, nah, thanks a lot, lads. Nice to meet you. That was Gearing Up for Dometic. Mobile living made easy.